This episode is made possible by Novamont. This is the organic stream on compostory.org, the bite-sized podcast series interviewing experts and key figures in the environmental sphere on all things organic and recycling. Get your lunchtime organic fix here. Hey there and welcome to another episode of the organic stream for compostory.org. As always, I'm your host Aline Murphy and today we're in Italy talking to the chairman of the Scientific Committee for Zero Waste Europe, Enzo Favoino. This episode focuses on the recycling systems in place in Milan, best practices in regards to rolling out such large systems, including community involvement and waste prevention strategies, and Zero Waste Italy's ongoing efforts to bring the movement countrywide. Hope you enjoy the show. So Enzo, the zero waste movement is getting very big in Italy. Uh, Can you tell us what's happening right now in Milan and what you're getting up to there? Uh, Well, actually, Milan did not declare a zero waste commitment. But Milan is in any case contributed to a true zero waste vision because it's the largest town uh, with a curbside scheme for separate collection of of organics, which we know is so fundamental uh, to move further uh, the boundaries of what we consider practicable. Therefore, even though it's not a zero-waste town as yet, it's giving a very big contribution in terms of evidence it's providing for practicability and viability of intensive curbside collection schemes. That's great. And could you tell us a little bit about the history of the zero-waste movement in Italy? Yeah, that was started in 2007 in Capanori, which is a mid-sized town. Uh, It's in Tuscany, central Italy. And that was started basically by Rossano Ercolini, who in 2013 was awarded the Goldman Prize, which is considered worldwide as the Green Nobel for the Environment. Capanori was the first one to set the pace, and now we have got more than 200 municipalities where a zero-waste commitment has been adopted already. It might be important for you to know also that we collected more than 80,000 signatures in order to have a zero waste act tabled in the parliamentary debate. Uh, we had to collect a minimum of 50,000 signatures and we went well beyond it with more than 85,000 signatures. So now we tabled in the, in the parliamentary debate. Next few weeks, uh, it will have to be discussed in the parliament. Wow. So it's really taking off in Italy then? Yeah, indeed. So in first instance, when, whenever a municipality adopts a zero-waste commitment, we tend to emphasis on the commitment itself, even before certain results, certain performances are achieved. So you may be a zero-waste municipality even if you are temporarily at a comparatively low separate collection rate, provided you have got a commitment to do more and more and better and better year by year. That's a really good way of looking at it. And uh, Milan has a curbside system in place now. And could you tell me where the organic materials is processed? Uh, For the moment, Milan is sending uh, the separately collected organics to a big anaerobic digestion site, which is sited uh, some 40 kilometers from Milan. The waste management department from Milan, which is held and run by a public company, it's AMSA, the public company providing waste collection in Milan, Uh, They are now planning to have a process site of their own, which most probably will be an anaerobic digestion site. Cool. And um, where does the product, the digestate, go at the end of production? Yeah, yeah. According to Italian regulation, the digestate uh, always has to be post-composted. It has to undergo 
aerobic treatment after anaerobic digestion in order to gain the legal status of the product. So at that very anaerobic digestion site, it gets post-composted, and then the compost is being sold and applied in various sites and markets. The Italian situation for the use of compost is uh, fairly promising because we are a southern Mediterranean country. We have got 10 regions out of uh, 20 regions with subsidy programs in order to promote use of organic fertilizers instead of mineral fertilizers. And this is also propelling the interest in composts. Ah, okay. And has that got a lot to do with the climate or is it about the regulations? Uh, it has to do with the particular agricultural and environmental situation in Italy. As any Mediterranean area, Italy is under the threat for desertification. The whole Mediterranean basin has been declared to be a pre-desertification area. Uh, this is why we have got uh, a consistent strategy in order to replenish our soils in, uh, in organic matter. Uh, so that's a good reason to start composting then. And uh, moving back to Milan, I'd like to talk a little bit about the compositional analysis you ran on the detective quality of the collected material. And um, could you tell us your findings? Yeah, we did it uh, already a couple of times. They, they, they were promising. Uh, since the first weeks, we, we rolled out uh, the scheme for separate collection. I go by memory, but we had between uh, 2 and 6% impurities, contraries, inside the food waste, which is aligned with curbside schemes in small villages, basically. So it means the, the result depends much more on the type of the scheme rather than on the urban situation. Of course, by far, most of the, of the bags which are being used in order to make the system user-friendly are the biobags. You know, this has been uh, a fundamental instrument in Italy in order to optimize performances of separate collection systems for the organics. We still have got a few polyethylene bags which are used by mistake by people, but this is uh, decreasing uh, since Italy was the first European country to adopt a ban on uh, single-use shopping polyethylene bags. Yeah, we had the ban in Ireland too, actually. It's made a huge difference. Yeah. And uh, looking now at the bigger picture, uh, we know that there are a lot of success factors in rolling out such a big program like this, especially in a large city. What was key for the success in Milan? Well, there's many factors for success. Of course, the most important, I would, I would say the topmost priority is to have a committed local government because the local government provides the leadership, even though it's a two-way process in that we have got the top-down action from the local government down to the population, and we have got the, the bottom-up action with the grassroots movements exerting pressure on the local government. Normally, in first instance, it's the grassroots movements exerting pressure and convincing the local government to uh, adopt a zero-waste strategy, a zero-waste uh, charter. If we consider the operational approaches, the true springboard towards the zero waste has always been the implementation of a curbside scheme targeting also the organics. With such a system, you quite easily jump up to 70% separate collection, 80% separate collection. Then after that, in order to move further towards 100%, what we do next is the implementation of a pay-as-you-throw scheme, a paper bag or paper beans scheme. And this increases separate collection by a further 10%, but also it remarkably decreases the overall waste risings. Well, that's incredible. And for those taking the course, we go into the curbside systems in Lesson 4 quite a bit. Uh, we also talk about community outreach and education is one of the most important things, isn't it? Of course. 
uh, education and outreach is what I called it's the fuel in the engine. But you may have a very good fuel. If you don't have a very good engine, the car doesn't move. And the engine of the system is the type of separate collection you implement. Bring system never work so effectively as curbside system do. So uh, upfront, you have to plan, design, and operate a well-performing curbside system targeting also the organics. And then, of course, in last two months, above all, you will have to be focused on education and outreach. That's the most important period, two months before starting the system. Not too soon, not too late. Right. And it's just going door to door and telling people. Yeah, door to door, also uh, distributing leaflets and booklets, bombing them with ads and so on. Right, uh, exactly. And another thing is that oftentimes you talk about how it's not just about recycling, but it's about prevention as well. Uh, could you give us a few details about what you're doing to prevent the waste from happening in the first place? Good question. Yeah, good question. This is also an important cornerstone of local zero waste programs. Uh, I would say that uh, whilst in the past we started curbside collection, including the organics, back in 1993 in Italy. So we have got a long track record of activities in this respect. It's more than 20 years by now. In the last few years, we have started working consistently also on waste prevention. In this respect, the zero waste municipalities are leading the way. And uh, what we do is we don't just wait for the industrial responsibility to uh, play its role. Because when we talk about waste prevention, of course, uh, the mines are attracted by the need of eco-design in industrial production, reducing the amount of uh, packaging and so on and so forth, which is important. And this does not depend on the level of responsibility of the local communities. But there is something we can do right away at the level of responsibility of the local authorities. It's what we call the ready effect or off-the-shelf actions. And this includes home composting, promoting uh, water from the tap, which has been very successful in Italy. We have got uh, thousands of municipalities where we have the so-called water houses and the milk houses. So you can go there with your own bottle and you get water and milk instead of going buying milk and water at the, at the supermarket and taking home Tetra Pak and plastics, which produces waste. Also, we have uh, promoted uh, the so-called uh, sustainable event management. When we have got local parties uh, in many municipalities, a, a regulation has been adopted according to which you need uh, to put in place uh, some waste prevention measures, such as uh, no throwaway cutlery, no throwaway dishes. You need to use uh, reusable dishes and cutlery or compostable dishes and cutlery sometimes. Also, another one which is very promising, and we have been adopting it uh, in quite a few municipalities already, is the use of closed nappies instead of throwaway nappies. Right. Diapers. Right. Yeah, I heard about that, actually. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, and the bundle, the, the bundle effect of such actions normally gives us 10 to 15% reduction in total waste risings. That, that's amazing. That must be a huge amount of nappies then, too. Yeah. And then... Payosithro, of course, exerts also a huge effect. If they go purchasing anything, they also consider what might be the, the final effect in terms of waste production after the use of what they had purchased. Yeah, I can see that would work really well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what are the next big cities to adopt the practice on a large scale? Well, actually, much before Milan, Milan has said a separate collection system for the large producers since 1995. 
In last two years, we have implemented separate collection for the household. And what makes Milan unique is that uh, it's now about to cover 100% of, of the population, namely 1.4 million people, which makes it the largest uh, curbside scheme uh, for collection of the organics worldwide. But before Milan, uh, we had a very large uh, separate collection system for the organics from households in Turin. In Turin, there's already 50% of the population which is covered by curbside collection of the organics. Unfortunately, there, the program was stopped because lately a large incinerator was started, which tells us once again that incineration and separate collection, there will always come a time where they fight each other. They had to stop further development of separate collection because they needed garbage to burn, which is a really unfortunate situation. There's already quite a few pilot neighborhoods in such large towns as Rome and Naples itself, uh, providing the same results as it provides in Northern Italy, namely 65 to 70% separate collection in those neighborhoods. But, you know, the problem is such results there are quite hidden in the total averages of separate collection for the whole town. But those three neighborhoods in Naples, they, they have achieved the 65 to 70%. Cool. I hope it keeps going that way. Uh, we are there to exert pressure. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. And uh, do you have any final words or advice for our audience? Uh, just keep up the good work and always consider that separate collection of the organics is at the core of any sustainable strategy for waste management. And when I say sustainable, I mean not only environmental sustainable, but also economically effective. That's for sure. Brilliant. Well said. Uh, anyway, that's all we have time for today. And so thanks a million for coming on the show. Thank you. All right. Best of luck in the future. That was Enzo Favoino here on the organic stream on Compostory.org. If you want more information on the zero waste movement in Europe, log on to their blog at www.zerowasteeurope.eu. As always, you can find us on Compostory.org or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Compostory.org. Thanks for listening and hope you tune in again next week. You are listening to The Organic Stream on Compostory.org. This episode is made possible by Novamont. Novamont is one of the world's leading producers of certified compostable biopolymers. For more info, visit www.novamont.com forward slash North America or email info.northamerica at novamont.com.